I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 71. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, I am up here in Grand Marais area of Minnesota on Mink Lake with uh, our family's friend, Kevin Sutton. And Kevin and his wife, Jen, uh, and our family go way, way back. And we're going to tell you a little bit about their story and about the honey, I'm sorry, not honey rock, but the cold water um the cold water story and it started at honey rock so i got ahead of myself but welcome kevin yeah thank you it's so good to be here and and uh with you and to have to have you up here uh finally actually after several years of of your uh families you know coming uh here and and being involved in our programs it feels like this is uh this has been a long time uh coming and uh, it's great to have you here in person and, and on the property and, and seeing firsthand, you know, what the what the ministry is. And, and I just, you know, I think I, I would want to start off our conversation by saying uh, thank you to uh, you for, uh, you know, enc- encouraging uh, your families to, to be a part of this. And, and that's that's played a big role in as we grow and develop as a young ministry. So. Um, it's great to have you here, and, and it's, uh, it's great to be sitting down to a conversation with you. I have enjoyed this so much. So when you say my families, you don't mean my blood family, although my blood family is here right now as well, one of my grandchildren, but you mean the families that I've been consulting with over the years. Right, the, the homeschool families, that, that, and, and getting to know those parents has been, has been really, uh, I mean, the conversations that we have held with uh, families that are homeschooling uh, have really gotten right to the heart of uh, what our educational goals are. Those, those parents uh, are, are, you know, keen to dig deep and uh, conversations about experiential learning, about whole life uh, faith, uh, about spiritual formation being integrated with the ways that we uh, learn and uh, and therefore the ways that we teach uh, in community. Um, I mean the the conversations have been have been rich and uh, and you can see it in the kids too. You can see they're I mean they are an enthusiastic bunch of young people uh, and whether they are you know here on service team and and involved in that five week program which which is, you know, them doing actually a lot of physical uh, work and building and getting to know one another, or whether they are traveling right now through the wilderness, uh, as we have, I think we have probably 34 people out right now uh, on trip, going through the wilderness in the Boundary Waters, getting to know one another and facing challenges. Um, they're, uh, They're an enthusiastic group, so they've been a real joy to serve. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, so 34 people going through the wilderness, but they're not together. So explain kind of how the groups are set up, because we've got um, how many separate groups going? Yeah, so that's a great question. We have four groups out right now. We divide um, all of our campers into small brigades or small small uh, groups, teams. Um, the most that we can take into the Boundary Waters is nine people so with every group that's out we have two of our leaders and then seven 
students. Uh, so that's that forms a, a group, and uh, they're divided also into age groups. You know, I think right now we have we have some 10 to 12 year olds that are out, and we have some 12 to 14 year olds that are out, roughly. So, and we have a boys uh, group of students out, and we have a girls group of students that are out. Mm -hmm. So, um, so they're divided up uh, for other reasons also. Um, <laughs> And give us a little bit of an understanding of what takes place in this group. This isn't just your average Girl Scout, Boy Scout camp. What's going on out there? Yeah, so I think what I, maybe to start, um, I'll talk a little bit about our leaders because uh, they are the heart and soul of the cold water ministry. Um, college uh, students and upperclassmen, some of them are graduates, um, have come. They came weeks ago to begin training. They've been in training for about six or seven weeks. Uh, they spend uh, three weeks about doing uh, a wilderness trip that is Wilderness Leadership Expedition. They're out, uh, they begin at camp here. They did about five and a half days of backpacking and about 12 days of paddling. They do a solo experience, they do a run in at the end. They finish that, they're learning, um, they're learning about themselves, they're learning uh, to pay attention to what the Lord is doing in their lives. Uh, they're learning uh, to express the ways that they would like to be together as, as, a, as a community, as a group. Uh, they're, they're facing a uh, challenge, the, the, really the same challenge that everyone faces when you go into the wilderness. Um, challenge of wind, challenge of rain, of heat or cold, challenge right now of... Uh, bugs uh, out in the wilderness, mm -hmm. um, challenge inherent uh, with navigational um, uh, problems, um, setting up shelter, making your own food. Um, setting up shelter. What do you mean by that, setting up shelter? Yeah, so so the Boundary Waters is, is a, a wilderness area. There's no man-made buildings or anything there. So you're, you're camping outside using, using a tarp or a tent. You're sleeping on the ground. Um, you're making shelter with what you uh, have with you. Um, our, our groups use a flat tarp that has uh, you know, webbing on the corners that you can pull from with cord. Students lo uh, learn uh, knots uh, and a method of tying those shelters. There's also a bug net that gets hung beneath that tarp that protects them from insects. Um, and they set that up you know, together and they make, they make camp for the night. And then, uh, you know, they prepare their food and they often will look back at the day and ask what happened in the day. What did we see in our team? What did we see in each other? Uh, they'll have a conversation with each other ab about those things. Each of them really trying to learn, trying to figure out their place and, and figure out how to how to grow they'll sleep that night at that campsite and then their leaders in the morning will uh will give them another destination and they will uh, begin again so yeah it's a good you know it's there's there's a rhythm to that that takes place that i think is not only true about just what is normal in traveling through wilderness but I think there's a rhythm behind that that's inherent in in uh, what happens to us in life. Mm. 
a quest, a journey. That's kind of found in several pieces of literature. Yes, even the Gospel of Mark is really all about kind of a quest. Right, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So as these, as you're describing this, Kevin, what I'm hearing is they're doing this. They're doing that. Um, I went to camp where the counselors did all these things. Right, right, <laughs> exactly. And and uh, and that's not the case with this. You know, we're trying to we're trying to give give experiences to people uh, that will be real for them, and and part of experience is just facing problems and solving those those problems so we have this thing that we talk about with our leaders that we want them to really protect the problems for their for their students to solve and and not not so much the problems that are artificial but I'm talking about the problems that are real either generated because of the circumstances that that they're in that just wind just comes and it happens and it creates a problem and then and then we work to overcome that or respond to that um, and then also of course the problems that are a result of our choices and and then and then reacting to that and and uh, and making a correction or an adjustment uh, because of that so we um we had we had um I think it was a few days ago when the group first arrived, you know, there was a group of girls that were preparing for their trip. And what we do here is they do a canoe over canoe rescue. They practice. So if someone capsizes their canoe on a lake in the wilderness, then the group all paddles toward them. And there's a method to right that canoe, to empty it of water, to get packs on board and, and you can imagine how difficult that is when it's windy, um, and and cold, and and yep, and there's and it's wavy and it's cold and there's there's some chaos, and so they were doing that exercise, and uh, their leaders were were holding them to complete it because if that happened in in the backcountry, then that's what you would do. You wouldn't leave each other behind, <laughs> you know. You would wouldn't be able to quit quit the activity because it was it was windy you'd have to follow through so they held them to to complete it and in the process they got blown down the lake and ended up taking their canoes out of the water uh, further away from the camp and then they they carried those canoes they portaged those canoes back to camp and they didn't know that that was going to happen but that was sort of a natural result of it and and uh and and the leaders were thinking okay well what's a problem that's you know how how do we protect that problem for our students well we won't bail them out you know sure. we'll we'll but we'll do it with them and that's true of of how we think you know we're in it with you um but but this is your problem too so um yeah and this phrase protect say it again protect protecting the problems for for your students so it, it and it because it's easy as a leader of younger people to just do it for them to tell them which way to go rather than give them space to discover and choose which way to go mm-hmm. um and that i mean that could be more that could be inconvenient right like if 
if you know that you're supposed to, you know, pa paddle in, in a very clear direction that you see, but your student decides, you know, they decide that it's a different direction, you might still allow them to, mm -hmm. to paddle that direction and, and, and prompt them to, to discover, you know, uh, the outcome you know, of the choice that they've made. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're allowing the, the weight of responsibility to fall on them, and, but you're supporting them. You're not, you're not, abandoning. you're not abandoning them. You're <laughs> working with them. But I think it's that, that value of discovery as an educational value that, that turns um, uh, just an activity into a memorable uh educational moment mm -hmm. that has lifelong outcomes yes for us yeah. uh, and we we're doing that all the time out there you know students are coming up against crux moments where they're forced to come up against a limit and then move beyond it a few years ago, my son asked me how I knew my method was working. I told him I know homeschooling is working if a child is reading under the covers with a flashlight. That's because a child who stays up late at night reading loves learning. And isn't that the goal of education? To make lifelong learners. We don't need a lot of what I call holy hardware to give our children the very best education they can get. As Dr. Raymond Moore used to say, a good education requires a Bible, a library card, and a math curriculum. It doesn't have to be complicated or expensive, but you do need a plan. Over the last 35 years, I have created invaluable book lists that separate the wheat from the chaff. You don't have to waste time or energy on finding books that are worth your time. I've done the hard work for you. These book lists are the key to my system. They will save you thousands of dollars and lots of false starts and wasted energy. They really are the foundation of my approach. For the first time ever, you can get all of my book lists in one place. I've created an online course all about homeschool to teach you everything you need to know to make homeschooling work. The class is self-paced and topic-based, which makes it easy to access the videos and book lists over and over again. Visit my online store or click the link in the show notes to start All About Homeschool today. Now back to the show. So yesterday, as as we were talking with your sweet wife, Jen, and, and you and I, we were talking about this phrase that you taught me yesterday, from order to chaos or disorder to reorder. And you said that that was the rhythm of experiential learning. So what is, what is that all about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a rhythm of life. Like, I think we, we want to be in, I guess, stasis, or we want to be just in balance and we want things taken care of we don't want to feel uncomfortable um, we don't want to feel discomfort we want things to go smoothly we want things to be convenient and so we order the world around us to 
be like that. And it always gets interrupted. (laughs) Something always happens that uh, interrupts our, our ordered world. And then we're forced to respond. And in, in these wilderness programs, that's a rhythm for sure. You know, even from day one, students come uh, from a world that is familiar to them. Mm-hmm. They come from their home where they know what they have. They know where their phone is. They know where they can get food. They know what that food is. Uh, they know what their schedule is when their family is coming and going from the home. They know what time the TV show is or uh, how to get a hold of their friends. And then they leave all that. And they they literally leave everything and they drive outside of a service area where they can no longer get contact with their phone and suddenly they're in a world that they don't know it's not familiar and they don't know what the rules are that's what i mean by disorder and and it it, maybe it even feels a little bit like chaos when you add to that various new characters that have just walked into their life (laughs) and are strangers and now they're sharing a tent Mm -hmm. with them or the variety of food our food system doesn't look like the food that's in your refrigerator Um, I mean it's healthy and nutritious and can be prepared very well and we eat really really good food but because of the nature of wilderness travel travel we you know the food looks different it's not what is normal to them Mm -hmm. and you know they're no longer sleeping in their bedroom with uh, with a light switch and a closet full of clothes and all of those those things that they've that are normal um, they have only what they brought with them um, what they've carried and so it's it's actually you know total chaos you know for them <laughs> some of them away from home for the very first time mm-hmm. and I don't mean visible chaos mm-hmm. although sometimes it is that um, I think we pride ourselves in, in trying to keep an orderly camp and, and the cabins are orderly and a, and a good clean camp is, is something that we expect. But interiorly, yes. inwardly, yes. Uh, they, are in, they are in chaos. You know, yes. they don't know. They're looking for signs of how do I get back into balance? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, do I, how do I regain some familiarity? Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's that kind of seeking um, to, re, to regain balance that sends a student looking for answers, asking questions, uh, cooperating in an effort you know, to uh, get things back you know, into, into order again. And, and so things are reordered, mm-hmm. you know, uh, order, disorder, reorder. Mm-hmm. And I really believe in that, in that as being like necessary for growth, mm-hmm. necessary for, for us to learn and, and grow uh, uh, from the experiences that we're facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and what about the faith piece in this? Because I've, I've, as we've been talking the past few days, there's a lot that this is all based really on a faith journey for these kids. Yeah, right. And, and, and that's, that's where that, that's part of that, you know, um, 
you know, what holds us together. It's really you're asking, what do I value? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I look for when things aren't the way that they should be? What order is present in the universe that will help me? And we know that God, God created, he brought order out of chaos mm -hmm. that's what he that's what he did and that's who he is mm -hmm. and so there's a pattern there to this that that is is really helpful and and uh and just i mean in the same way you know god uh did not abandon us to figure it out um he promises that he will be with us mm. you know he promises that he will be close he promises that he will take the burdens that we have and he invites us to place our burdens on him uh, so you know he he's made the the universe to be ordered um, and uh, allows us to to you know, seek him with within it. So I think, and I think even just, you know, uh, like how is, how is this, how does this become formational? And I think for people, not just young people, but all people, there's, there's um, a need for us to deepen the, the kind of trust that we place in a living and loving God, not, not just as an idea, <laughs> but as, a living hope for us and there's no way to deepen trust or to deepen faith without the process of exp experiencing what it feels like to have to fully depend on our faith to depend on God when we can no longer do it ourselves. And yes. I think we talked a little bit about that analogy of no, like no. someone who's on a, uh, on a, a rock mm -hmm. and they're on the edge of a cliff and they're having to step back. Mm -hmm. So they're stepping and they're tied into a rope with a harness and it's 100% like secure and dependable. And they have to step back until they're no longer standing on their own weight. All of their body weight is on that rope. And the feeling of doing that is fear. Even for people that have done that over and over and over again, there's that just that little bit of fear that comes, which is really a question. Can I depend on this rope? And can I depend and trust in the people that are holding it? Yes. And um, that feeling of fear is so close to that feeling of of placing our faith and our trust in God when we don't know what the answers are. If he's reliable. Yeah, if he's reliable. And I don't think that we, we in our insulated lives, um, lives where everything is familiar and convenient and easy to get to, where many of the problems have been taken away, I don't think that we can under really understand we can't exercise that faith yes so because so it stretches us it, it it's yeah it stretches us and you know so when students go into the wilderness they go into a place that they don't know about and they're fearful of the unforeseen they don't know what's around the the next corner they don't know what to expect they have opportunity to 
trust, mm-hmm. to trust that that God is with them and will provide for them and will watch over them. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, Kevin, like, just to comfort the parents who are just going, oh my word, I'm going to go lay down now. I'm freaking out. That like last night as Jen and I were having tea together, her her phone kept going beep and it was another group calling in saying, we're okay. Another group, beep, we're okay. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. And each of the groups called in. And I wasn't aware that, you know, you had this little system, even though our phones don't work out here. Yeah. How, how do you do that? And the way that you keep um, available to the teams, they're never out of your care as, as leaders. Right. I mean, I think the broader, the broader question is, is one of being in the outdoor industry and being a program that is really interested in the best practices of, of outdoor leadership and, um, there, there's, there are standards. There is, there is a system that we utilize uh, to, you know, not only to have contact uh, for a leader when they need to, but, but to prepare uh, for trips, to prepare uh, by having a plan, uh, to prepare with, with training, to prepare with um, you know, really studying your route and knowing if something goes wrong, uh, where would you go? You know, what is your what is your evacuation plan to prepare with having a, a working knowledge of medical issues that are in the in the group uh, by having um, all of our leaders have uh, wilderness first responder um, training, which is an eight eight day eight to ten day wilderness first aid course taught taught by a wilderness medical school um they have that certification they uh they take part in many many conversations around the topic of of risk management and they prepare for it so within that you know one element of that is communication and uh doing our job to make sure that that uh the risk that we are uh giving our students is largely perceived uh, risk Mm -hmm. and um, Mm -hmm. and and the actual risk are are things that we sort of expect and that's not to say that there's not actual risk because of course there is right it's actual wilderness right I mean yeah it's not Disneyland it's right the wind is is real real. and 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 the hot sun is real Mm -hmm. and um, and we have to, and... yeah, we have to respond to it. And, and so when, when a 12 year old goes through the wilderness and goes, you know, through a storm or through darkness or, or whatever, that that's the very same thing as, as a seasoned wilderness person going through it. And, um, you know, we, we are prepared and we respond um, and we, we minimize risk, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere we can. Um, but it's still a big but, part of the experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You haven't sanitized the experience. No, 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 we haven't. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's a good thing. That's, that's a good thing to, right. to step into that. And Amen. Amen. For sure. Okay, well, this has been great. We have so much to talk about that, Kevin, if you don't mind... 
I am going to do, we're going to keep this rolling and uh, we're going to do another podcast here in a moment, but let's close out this podcast. And I just want to thank Kevin and my listeners for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.